Welcome to our bonus episode. <laughs> we couldn't shut up for more than a week, so here we are. <laughs> we were going to take a break and then decided, you know what? What if the people miss us? <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> we need to grace grace their ears. Yeah. And this is a fun this is a fun topic. Is it? You're welcome. No. Oh. Today we're discussing the sex trade, which can be a fun topic, I guess. Um, but more like along the thing of trafficking and pimps, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, that's not fun. There's a lot of darkness there. Um, and I would like to start off by saying that I, at no point of this, will, I have no judgment. Um, I'm not being critical at all towards sex workers. If I come off judgy or negative, it is towards the, I mean, I don't want to say just men, because I'm sure women are doing it too, that hold out on like owed money and they intimidate and they abuse and take advantage of these women. So. Okay. No judgment to the workers, a lot of judgment to these dudes. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that, I mean, I've been interested in sex trafficking for a very long time. I wrote like a thesis paper my senior year of high school on it. Oh. Um, but for the most part, I feel like ever since the whole Jeffrey Epstein being convicted for sex trafficking and conspiracy yeah. to commit trafficking um, of young girls, I feel like the topic has just become widely discussed. Well, I think it's a much bigger problem than people realize. People realize, yeah. Absolutely. It's very common. It's a very like underworld thing that happens constantly everywhere, but it just, you're not aware of it. You're not aware of it. it. You don't talk about it, but it is literally everywhere. And I'll get into the statistics. A lot of this is just stats because it's so mind blowing, but it's a lot more common than we realize. And I think that like when that one Liam Neeson movie came out, Taken, it kind of like perpetuated the thing of people have to leave the country they have to be young and and traveling alone girls spring break yeah and it doesn't have to be like that my sister did a big uh research paper on it i think in high school and she said that she i think it was she focused on just sex trafficking in the united states Mm -hmm. because it is easy to think like that happens in other countries and other places that just aren't so close to home but it's literally everywhere yeah literally down the street like even just in LA I mean obviously it's absolutely overwhelming um and so I watched uh the documentary on Hulu called Trafficked and highly recommend watching they do she covers all different types of topics but the one specifically that I watched was on pimping and sex trafficking and it's hosted by this like absolutely badass amazing brave woman named Mariana Von Zeller I had to watch this specific episode twice because the first time I would pause every 30 seconds to write down notes because I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And then the second time I watched for enjoyment. So it's that good. (laughs) Enjoyment. Yes. (laughs) On my my own leisure. So a lot of the information that I'm about to discuss right now is from that documentary. Credit to her. There is a very high demand for the product of sex. The U.S. alone brings in approximately 5.7% billion dollars with street prostitution online services and brothels a whopping five billion i think that's insane per year so studies show that 15 to 20 percent of men have bought sex at one point in their lives what higher than i thought 15 to 20 okay another study showed (laughs) that one in 20 men will see a sex ad online 
and engage by texting or calling to set up an encounter. Really? So you know those like little side those pop-up little ads? Pop-ups? Like chat with hot MILFs in your yeah. area. Yeah. And you're like, that's obviously gonna give me some sort of computer virus. <laughs> yeah. I don't even if I would want Or a human virus. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> even if I want to ch- chat with a hot MILF. Yeah. <laughs> Too risky. Well, one in twenty men are risking that. <laughs> wow. Do you would you I feel it. <laughs> Are you going to ask me, would I do it if there was no risk involved? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you just like, I could just see in your eyes, this shift in your eyes as soon as you Panic. said like how many men do it. Yes. And so do, would you ask like it's the worst nightmare a guy for me. you're dating? Like if he's ever. I have, and I've not gotten responses I want. Oh, so <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Don't ask what you don't want to know. Wow. And I feel like I could kind of get a read. But now that I know how common it is and how poorly I read people in general, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't really trust my gut on that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, now I'm a segue off. Anxiety has <laughs> skyrocketed. <laughs> um, these pimps are making way more money than they would be like selling, dealing drugs because there's a never-ending supply of the product of sex. As long as the girl is alive, there's product to sell. Ugh. Drugs, there's a lot of middlemen. There's a lot of risk involved, hauling it, growing it, harvesting, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You don't have to package sex. There's no risk of it being you know, caught with you on it. You can just walk around with it, <laughs> the ability to do so. And you don't have to worry about running out of that product. And one of the pimps says... It's a renewable product that never expires, like one of the Ugh. pimps that she Yuck. interviewed. And there's no profile of a John. You can be young, you can be but old, anyone. married, single, rich, barely getting by, like yeah. people putting together yeah. any money that they have to do this, white, black, Hispanic. So everyone. Most of the sex workers are too afraid to testify, making the the business low risk, high reward. Yeah. It's said that sex trafficking cases are actually more difficult to solve than murder cases for that very reason. The women yeah. just don't want to step up. They're so scared of their pimps and their parents and families are threatened or they just don't have any allies. Yeah. They're from other countries. It's too risky. And there was one part of the documentary where they're saying how you, this like pimp was explaining to Mariana that you can actually find these women really easily on Instagram and like if you search certain hashtags and one of them was hashtag 304 because like when you turn it upside down it spells ho and it reminded me of like when calculators like in school and you you do boobs boobs. (laughs) so that's i I guess one what what do you mean girls like like sex workers oh and like pimps instagrams they will like they said that like if you want to find a pimp on instagram it's going to be a guy that's like flashing watches he doesn't have or does money cars like the lifestyle is so lavish and in your face that people just know that that's a pimp and they contact him but it's also if they use a specific hashtag in their caption i guess it's easier to locate and like one of them's a 304 and then the other one is hgo which i hate saying this coming out of my mouth which means uh ho game on oh my god (laughs) and then pgo which means pimp game on And these guys basically use their Instagram to learn women with like stacks of cash and cars and jewelry. Mariana meets Ricky Royal, who uh, was a former pimp in a motel in central LA. And he told her that he started pimping at 19 or 20, very young. Um, He always thought pimping was weak because it didn't directly involve weapons or violence. And he was raised in a gang family. So if there wasn't (laughs) guns involved, then that's like a weak man's job. But... (laughs) He decided to get into it anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, 
he takes he so he took her to Figueroa Street, which we all know if you're in LA, you've seen it, you've driven on it. And I didn't know, but it's apparently known as the track or the blade. And it's infamous for sex workers just walking up and down. And it's 95 blocks long. Yeah. And it's very dangerous all all hours of the day, but specifically at night. But you'll see women, you drive down at 2 p.m. And there's people on the corner. And I just, that's something I just don't look for. I was shocked to see footage of that. Uh, the assault and rape are just like occupational daily hazards. Um, but then on top of that, these women are standing around on this particular night in 46 degree weather and they are forced to only wear bikinis and heels because they're just trying to you know they're being forced by these pimps to sell a product and they're not even allowed to wear a jacket so on top of you know the violence and the you know potential assaults that could be happening they're just in very unfair conditions yeah there are dozens of women just like in a matter of blocks and a lot of the women wear some sort of similar clothing where like they're all wearing the same heels or all wearing the same bikini. And it's because these their pimps will go to one store and just like mass buy. It's kind of like they see it as like a, almost like a jersey. Like Ew. you're on my team sort of thing. And it's also just cheaper, more convenient. And it's a way for them to keep track of. Mm-hmm. And the they would see the pimps cruising around the block they would collect their move, their money and then just move on and they would just do circles around and around. And so they couldn't, Mariana and the pimp couldn't stay, the former one, Ricky, they couldn't stay in the area very long just because the pimps get very um, territorial and they don't want any sort of footage or being caught on camera. So, oh, so it's they dangerous. Were like they're doing sort of like an investigative. Exactly. Kind of with cameras. Covering. And then oh. the second they see the cameras, they try to threaten them basically off of their corner. Mm-hmm. So, she Mariana talked to a few women um, that were brave enough to they basically did like face disguise voice disguise and they wanted to discuss the good and the bad of their profession and a lot of the women they they all kind of confirmed the fact that there is an alert to having a pimp mostly because of daddy issues and they were just very vocal about that that they had all come in they had all come from broken homes And they were seeking love and validation that they just never got. And these pimps are able to detect those issues in women and then they just exploit them. So they give them the promise of, you know, a lot of love and the compliments and the security of paying the rent and things like that. They feel safe and protected. And then the next thing you know, they're being threatened and they can't leave. So one of the girls named Honey didn't have a mother or father around. So she spent a lot of time at her friend's house. And the father of that friend was a pimp. And he began to rape her when she was only 12 years old. He then convinced her to sell her body to other men. She didn't have anyone to talk to or to advocate for her. And so she just thought this was totally normal. The one male presence, the one adult presence in her life is telling her, this is what you're good at. This is what you're needed for, and this is normal. Like, yeah. and but if you do tell anybody, I'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. She said that she was young, she was naive, and when an adult said it was normal, she believed him. And he, this particular man that pimped her out, only pimped out girls between the ages of twelve and fifteen. Ew. And after four years, she finally was able to escape. Um, she didn't press charges, and um. He never did any sort of jail time. She just said, she, this is her quote, 
Snitches get stitches, and if you tell, they'll put a bounty on your head, and they don't care what it costs. Wow. So a lot of these men are just roaming around repeating the same behavior with the next batch of underage women. It's disgusting. So she said, Mariana, the host of the show, interviews drug lords, gun runners, the most dangerous people for a living, and she said getting a hold of a pimp is a million times harder. They do not want to speak to her. And she said that this particular black market is just darker than the rest of them. End of story. Yeah. There has to be evidence of force, fraud, or coercion. I have such a hard time with that word. Coercion. 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 Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be evidence of force, fraud, or coercion. Did I say that correctly? coercion i don't know just stick with us to charge a pimp for sex trafficking and that's why pimps are very careful with their wording and use the word choice over and over again during the interview like it's their choice they have a choice to leave we'll tell them that we'll hurt them if they leave but they have a choice and it's like wait a second what yeah (laughs) and when she finally gets an interview with an actual working pimp he clarifies that it sucks because (laughs) there's more of a risk to getting caught now uh more than ever because this career is deemed human trafficking versus pimping now because it is because it's what it is (laughs) and he said he said there's no similarities between the two he said that with pimping there's the flash and the glamour and the girls see the lifestyle and they just like want access to it they want to join that club (laughs) no they don't no and their main way of recruiting is to go to actual clubs they sit in the vip section and then they will like spot girls that are just already there and They'll invite the girls over to their table and then they give them ecstasy and Coke and they let them like party with them for a few days. They're like, let's go back to my house. And, you know, three days later, they're like, well, we gave you free drugs and free alcohol and a place to stay for three days. Now you have to pay your dues. He says that he doesn't send his girls out onto the streets. He said that there's much more money to be made when you sell product online so he does an online booking situation and he sends his girls to places like Florida and Vegas. So he thinks that that's like way more glamorous, therefore not trafficking because they get to go on planes and like he thinks he's like a high end escort. Exactly. Organizer. Yes. Yeah. And he said that they look, this is like this comparison was just, they said so they look for a Jan Brady of the group, like the Brady Bunch. Like the, the, they want the girl that's not getting a lot of attention and would be an easy target. So the girl that's just, she's plain, but wants to hear that she's pretty. All of her friends in the group are probably more attractive. They target the one that is like so-called the most invisible. They think that they'll be easier to manipulate. And the whole tactic is they pay a ton of attention to the girl that's not used to getting it. Then they point out how much prettier she is than her older sister, Marsha. Then when the girl goes home, she goes back to being like the uglier, invisible sister. And the pimp has now created a feeling that she can only be number one when she's with him. Ew. Pimps make a majority of the mo- I hate how much I'm saying the word pimp. I don't know why over and over again. It you know, just sounds. I had a dollar for every time you said it. I would, I, uh, you could pretty you'd well make right as now. much as they do. <laughs> The pimps make a majority of the money. They keep a higher percentage of the profit and they feel entitled to it, even though it's the woman that's selling her body. Right. Mariana asked the pimps if they get violent with their women and they said that yes, they punch, slap, cut, eat the women that steal money, get out of line, or look like they're about to say something stupid. One of the pimps admitted that when one of his girls tried running away, he cut the bottom of her foot with a razor blade. He said he never had to be violent with the other women because once they heard of this happening, they were scared to death of him. 
He said none of his women are technically forbidden to run away, but he wants to leave a mark on them if they try. Ugh, it's like so beyond. There's something about the razor blade on any body part, but at the bottom of the foot. Experts report that 60 to 70% of the women in this industry have spent time in the foster care system. These men prey on the vulnerable to tap into that mentality that no one actually cares about them, that they're rejects, and they now have a family of sorts if they join them. Yeah. It's so interesting when they try and justify and say that they're not exploiting these women. They think that because they don't have a white van, that they're not kidnapping anyone. Yeah, They think they because they're not getting them strung out on drugs, that they aren't creating a cycle of addiction with the availability of cocaine and ecstasy and then saying, you owe me now. Yeah, They use violence and the possibility of being beaten to prevent the girls from leaving. But they think that because these girls aren't literally handcuffed to like a pole, that they have they the right have a choice to, to leave. Exactly. One of the pimps explains destiny in regards to geography. The area around USC is like a perfect example. There's this oh. gorgeous campus with like extreme wealth yeah. and like the just the sponsors and the people mm -hmm. pouring money into that university. Mm -hmm. Just so much privilege. And then blocks, literally just blocks over. It's It literally looks war-torn. Yeah. And it's you cannot walk there. You cannot live there if you're attending even USC. No access to jobs or opportunities that others have access to just due to where they're born. So if you grow up around pimps or drug dealers, you just get used to it and you think that that's okay. If they grew up on a different, a lot of these men think that if they grew up on like a different block that they just wouldn't be in that career. It's kind of passed down their family lineage. He, the, the one particular pimp that I think it was Ricky Royal guy said that you have to be a sadist to do this job because it's premeditated and you're fully aware of the life that you're about to ruin. And this is a quote from him. You take everything that she has and then give her everything she needs. You, the pimp, are the cause as well as the solution to all of her problems. You give her the poison and sell her the cure. And that gives me chills every time. He's a very good writer. He's actually written a book about his experience and he's, he's very eloquent. Mm -hmm. So then I started Googling biggest sex tra sex trafficking bus and there was one that really stuck out to me and this woman goes by like five different names but she's a monster so I'm not going to really give her like the I, I don't care like she's referred to as Hortensia uh, Arguello and then some she's referred to as uh, Raquel it's like every single time you google it there's like four different names that are used but we'll just call her Hortensia and she was convicted on April 24th, 2015 of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking, conspiracy to harbor aliens, aiding and abetting to commit money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering, which, and this is the largest bust in Texas history, period. And some of the victims of Hortensia said that they were forced into prostitution for more than 13 years. And Diana Medellis Arguello, which is the defendant's daughter, testified that her mother had been running brothels for at least 37 years. She testified against her own mom. Yes. Well, she worked for her mom and we'll get into that. So oh. similar to the other pimps, uh, like the other approach um, in the traffic documentary I just mentioned, uh, she recruited girls as young as 14 years old. Like many, Hortensia started a family owned business. Her daughters, her sister and brother all contributed to keeping the business up and running. Only difference between her business and others is it was a prostitution ring that operated out of three bars in Houston, Texas. In 19 months, she made $1.6 million by using the upper floor of her cantina as a brothel. So people are dining, having drinks downstairs, and then upstairs 
it's like, or downstairs, upstairs, it's like the most seedy, disgusting. Well, I'll send you photos to, to put on the Instagram, like an absolute nightmare. And these underage girls are there for over a decade, completely kept a secret. Um, so similar to the other pimps approach in the traffic documentary that I mentioned above, Hortensia recruited girls as young as 14 years old. The pimps would make them believe that they had fallen in love with them. And most of these girls are minors. The main form of like recruit was either taking the I'm in love with you approach, come work with me, or making threats to their families that they would murder them, kill, you know, beat them, things like that. Testimony also revealed that everyone involved knew that the girls prostituted at their establishment were either underage or victims of the beatings and kidnappings of Hortensia. I would argue that anyone underage is just victimized anyways because they yes, correct. <laughs> can't yes. make the choice. But what I'm saying is that they they knew all of the girls were underage. Everyone was aware well of that well aware of that and then if and that they were also aware of the fact that they were being beaten regularly one of the girls testified um one of the girls that testified was only 14 years old when she was recruited she came to america for a better life she was held at gunpoint as the pimps made her comply with their demands she was locked in a room she became pregnant with one of the customers and she was continued to be sold (laughs) even while pregnant um she was moved to a different area of the bar when she started to show. And this is how she was a, she was able to eventually escape. And among that test, that testimony, there were dozens like that. Yeah. These women were very brave. They came forward and that's very, like we said, unheard of to do. So they should be very proud of themselves for doing that. And as hard as it is to comprehend, this is not uncommon. And the case that I just mentioned above, like that there isn't a lot of information about that particular case, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens if you do your research that are very similar um, women are being coerced abused and held against their will so that evil humans can profit off of their bodies of course sex work is a legitimate career but you have to be your own advocate and be wary of people taking advantage of you in a very very vulnerable profession mm-hmm. and that is my um, bonus episode about <laughs> sex trafficking and brothels and pimps <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, what was that? What was the documentary called? Trafficked. Trafficked. And it's the it's on Hulu, and she has it's. I mean, every single type of a dark market, black market profession, whether that be drug running or um, drug trafficking, production of drugs. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like Lisa Lang. Yeah, th- that type where they're just like badass women going to war torn, very mm-hmm. dangerous situations, yeah. and getting incredible interviews out of these people that I would never. <laughs> Yeah. be in the same room as yeah. so it's remarkable being able to watch that they did a really good job of it um and she's just like so relatable and when she sits down with these women just like the juxtaposition of her and then the sex workers like she's this very conservative clean cut looking woman and she looks very like uptight but the minute she starts speaking she's so relatable and empathetic and she is so good at making people talk like the yeah, things that she's able to comfortable exactly she's just an incredible woman i highly recommend watching it yeah i'm going to that sounds really cool well is there anything else you'd like to say to me <laughs> while you have me here <laughs> i don't think so well That concludes our bonus episode and we will either be back next week or the following week. It depends on if I get my life together and get my story completed. (laughs) That's fair, right? I think that's fair. Cool. Yeah. 
All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening. We owe everything to the many journalists, authors, filmmakers, psychiatrists, and psychologists whose extensive work and expertise we pulled from to share this episode with you. For all of our detailed source material, please visit our website, thecrimebarpodcast.com. If you'd like to see content from today, you can find us on Instagram at crimebarpodcast. We really love doing this show, and if you'd like to help the continued creation of it, you can support by donating to our Patreon, which we have linked on our website as well as our Instagram, patreon.com slash crimebarpodcast. This episode was hosted by Ashley Brumley-Johnson and Anna Katharina. We'll see you next week.